0: I'm, like, so reactionary to this stuff. It pisses me off. It bothers me. And then I I respond to it. And, like, I realized definitely today I was like, I have to just fucking ignore this.
1: Hey. Hey, what up, Nitroid? Hey, Hey. Nitroid, mate. Sorry about that. I'm a little under the weather, but I think I'm all right. I just What's going on? You got flu? I don't know what the hell it is, but, but everyone but my youngest caught it. So it's just been, I don't know, it feels like strep. Kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. I've been just sleeping it off and suffering, so.
0: Okay, Damn. well, I'll see you, mate.
1: Thank you. I'm going to yeah, pour dude. myself a little drink here. I threw back a five-hour energy. This is extremely unhealthy. I do not recommend it, but this is what we're doing.
2: Hey, I'm Fingers.
1: Yo, it's Apache Smash.
3: Hey, everyone. This is Days Ahead.
1: And I'm Nitroid listening to the Kojima Frequency.
2: Yeah, I me and Apache were just kind of talking about how MBG is kind of just bullshit, and just even engaging and pointing out like, hey, this guy is bullshit. You know, like the, the back oh, end no, of the internet. Oh, no, I don't exactly what like, me. Yeah, you're amplifying his reach and impressions. So it's just like, god damn it. Yeah, say, yeah I,
1: say dumb shit thing, uh, get smart people angry, get dumb people excited, question marks, yeah. profit. I mean, that's basically what he does. That's his business model.
2: And that's, yeah, Patrick was saying, like, he's he's trying to, like, it kind of clicked with him today, like, fuck, I need to not do
0: that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly I, what he wants to
0: I have him blocked. I've had him blocked for months. Yeah. I just, I only saw it because it was like a fucking screenshot that someone else posted. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even saw it otherwise. Uh, I did think recently, I was like, damn, he's been super quiet. And then I remember that I've got him blocked everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I muted him. I'm sure he's still going on. I mean, look, there's the thing I've learned about these kinds of stuff. Uh... Let's let's call them snake oil salesmen. Snake oil so, salesmen. Solid yeah. snake oil salesmen.
2: <laughs> I call them walking tabloids, but yeah, they're just spouting bullshit all day and people see it by the checkout and they're like, "Huh, what's this? Maybe this is the episode we can finally
1: use that title. I've, <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for ages. What's that? Solid snake oil. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the thing I've learned about these kinds of guys, and this extends from the low end to MBG to people like Yong is that there is a degree to which they believe their own bullshit you know they're 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 using from their own supply uh because you have to it's the only way you can you know stay sane is to have that kind of cognitive dissonance unless you're truly a complete piece of shit yeah because if you don't believe at least a little bit of what you're peddling then it's hard to escape that kind of guilt unless you're a total sociopath and most people are not <laughs> so i'm sure he thinks he's actually yeah.
2: He seems to sleep fine at night, so I don't I don't know. That's uh, Yeah, I mean like I, it's just like a profession now just like being a grifter, just kind of being like I know what I'm saying it's kind of bullshit, but I'm gonna throw it out there cuz it's going to get clicks.
0: I commented on it before and I was like I, I I said that like you know if if I just tried to think if I was doing this, like I would just feel worthless. When, mm-hmm. when I look at myself in the mirror, I would just feel I would feel so low and it would fuck with me on a really like fundamental right? level of how I it w- it would seep into everything I do, and I would just feel worthless because of it. Um, because I-, I take a lot of pride in things that I do within within gaming, and I don't want to ever lead anyone astray, especially not give people hope for something they love. That's fucked up, man. That's like why are you yeah, doing that? and
2: that's the thing they're talking about Metal Gear remakes, and it's like, bro, like people are gonna get hype about yeah. that if you
1: put something you know out there. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to Fingers. I can't remember when it was. I think we were talking about game uh, dev related stuff, but something related to this came up and we were looking at other YouTube channels that sort of shot up astronomically in a very short span of time. Yeah. Um. And you, you know the, the stereotypical YouTube thumbnail, which is like crazy reaction, giant text, you know, headline that is not at all what this is going to be about, right? But but those are the channels that blow up, and even the ones that don't lean entirely into that, where they just have like big, uh obnoxious headlines that make something mundane sound as sound as exciting as possible. Like even that, even there, it's going to help their numbers because, let's be honest, it captures your eye. It makes you go, huh? You know, even 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 those of us who like are well aware of the game these these kinds of people play, it, it still works on some degree. Like they're they're tapping into something primal. And I was telling him like, you know, it would be so easy to lean into that and grow this show. Like just with something as simple as thumbnails that are more bombastic and and sensational. Uh, you know, throw some big text on there, and I'm like, man, you know, we Metal could- Gear Remake, secret project yeah. revealed. Like, yeah, dude, let's let's seriously <laughs> throw oh, that man. on the thumbnail of this episode. <laughs> okay, uh, we will we will do it once, and we will see what happens. So, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> we apologize. And you, this yes. is for science. This is for science. We're gonna we're gonna try it. We're gonna make the most obnoxious thumbnail possible for this episode to see what happens.
0: Well, I I did it as a as a uh, kind of a joke and kind of a, a a test on my own YouTube. I did it with one of my thumbnails. I posted it in the in the in the yeah I see it in the chat. Like most of my f- thumbnails are pretty. Like they just kind of say what the video is. But I did it with just that one, just for a laugh and that has more than double the views of my next Son of a video. Bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: It has more than double. I think, I think no, it's just the meta of YouTube is that you use clickbait, and I think it's fine to use clickbait in order to draw someone to your video, as long as the product on the other end is actually good. That, that's that's my thing. Like A lot of my favorite YouTubers, um, like Asmongold, Carl Jobs, they use extremely clickbait thumbnails and stuff and i do think that like if they didn't do that would i have actually watched their videos in the first place Would i even know who they are
1: so do you think it compromises their work that's the question no
0: i don't i don't as long as you offer something that was worth clicking on on the other end like i don't Mm. i don't care i don't care what you do to get people to click on a video as long the the annoying thing with clickbait is you click it and it's dog shit right so you would you would you were like oh you were drawn into clicking it and I think that's what people miss about 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 clickbait. It's like, oh, it's so clickbaity. But if you're what if you watch something worthwhile on the other end, then who cares? Literally, who cares?
1: I gotta say, I just saw your thumbnail, the 007 one that you posted in our chat yeah that is a work of art my friend yeah that's my you should friend be proud G of that. that i love yeah. it with I, I, pierce brosnan in the, in the <laughs> you got the red reel.
2: circle and the red arrow pointing at the stuff within right. the right it's it's <laughs>
1: best if you use the red circle and the arrow but it's not pointing to anything and you're like what are they pointing at is it something i'm just not seeing <laughs> <I mustn't, laughs> like man it's it's yeah. it's always going to be like you're you're right though it's it's the stuff that's annoying is when they have the uh the you know metal gear solid remake coming soon question mark yeah. question mark and then <laughs> the answer is you get no. into the and you get well no it's usually like you'll get into the episode and they won't say no because if yeah. they say no you'll click off so they have to dance around it for a half hour
2: it's almost like watching a like a like a ghost show like you know they're not gonna find one but you sit there watching the it fucking is, show the whole time oh like, my god it is it's ghost hunting
1: <laughs> It's, it's video game ghost hunting. Oh, my God.
0: In all these kind of like essay format content, they, they just try and extend the length of the video as much as possible. So they're like Metal Gear Solid remake confirmed in the thing. And then they get into the video and they'll be like, so what is Metal Gear Solid? And then they'll right, read the fucking right, Wikipedia yeah. for nine minutes. Yeah,
1: it's It reminds <laughs> me, I know this is not at all related, but you know what that reminds me of is anytime I want to find a recipe for something online, I, uh, will, yeah. I will look it up. And, like, I just want the damn recipe, but first they'll give me, like, eight paragraphs on the history of pancakes before I actually get to the damn pancake recipe.
2: You get the Pinterest life story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, dude, I know what pancakes are. So, we just uh, had another Shadow Moses Day, which is always fun. It's weird. You, You know, most people I didn't think knew when Shadow Moses Day was, which... If, uh, if you don't, it's February 28th. So, uh, specifically February 28th, 2005, but it never tells you this in game. Uh, as far as I know, I think, does it, does it show you in the briefing very quickly? That that was
0: my immediate thought the other day when it happened. It's like, I knew, I knew that the, the dates of the incidents yeah. were, were named. I knew that they, that we had dates for them. Um, and obviously I can just Google it and check the, uh, <laughs> check the right. get wiki, right? But I couldn't remember ever seeing it in the game.
3: I, I couldn't I, either. F- yeah, I, but I, it's like a, like a Mandela effect type thing, but I remember seeing the dates in the briefing too.
1: Yeah. It's a, I know that there are files in the game that explicitly state it.
3: Because otherwise I it, I didn't know the exact date, but I knew it was February and I knew it was 2005.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe it's so weird because with Metal Gear Solid 2, everybody knows what day it is. With Metal Gear Solid 3, everybody knows what day it is because they Mm -hmm. they make such a big deal about it and they show you front and center. So with one, it just seems kind of weird that we don't. But then again, we do, and it's strange. It's also uh, the birthday of a good friend of the show, Token flip guy. So if you're listening, uh happy birthday!
3: Yeah, happy belated birthday.
0: Love token. That's a guy.
1: He is a Hideo Kojima magnet. Yeah, uh, he's met him like eight times. <laughs> I think once at a Target. Yeah, and 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 it sounds ridiculous, but this man has so many photos of him and Kojima. Like if he goes to an event, he'll sit in the chair, and Kojima will be like either in the row in front of him or behind him. Uh, it's it was just crazy.
2: I've got a photo with him. We met at uh, E3 for a quick bit.
1: Yeah, he's he's also just like a really really nice guy. Yeah. Oh man. Uh anniversaries. So, another anniversary's coming up is uh 1 year since that whole Tom Olson nonsense. Which is weird to think about. That's a month from now. I don't know, maybe I'm bringing that up too early. Uh, I mean
3: like you're still doing a lot better than Konami is in terms of celebrating anniversaries so i say keep it up yeah
1: <laughs> you know i was thinking about this it's um i don't know if you saw or not because they were very very quiet about it but um the ground zeros uh servers are coming down and that's for playstation 4 as well now that's not the phantom pain fobs online anything like that but it is the like the record keeping that's what I was trying to,
2: like, recall. I was like, what exactly is the online component yeah. to that? And I was like, just leaderboards, but, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's all the leaderboards, which, I mean, that's not a huge loss, but it is irritating because with with everything going on, with uh, as little as there has been, with the concerns over Konami doing NFTs instead of uh, game releases, it just, it's, you know, it kind of feels like we're watching sort of like the fall of the roman empire it's just this slow decadence it does suck yeah like like it's, yeah. Just yeah. Been it's like... not
0: what we're it's not what we're actually losing it's like what it represents for them to take it down
1: yeah and it's it's just uh on that same note I did not realize that Konami did not have control of the top level domains for their three main franchises, though I guess it's hard to call them their three main franchises at this point. Um, So what I mean by that is if you go to, say, com, or Castlevania.com or SilentHill.com, none of those are currently owned by Konami.
3: <laughs> Pachis. Fucking cursor going
0: to the links. Yeah, I'm like opening them. And yeah, MetalGear.com says a new WordPress site coming soon. An admin login. Yep. We know what the fucking Silent Hill one says.
1: Right? Oh man, <laughs> like, yeah. That's so, the most cursed. So.
2: <laughs> and Metal Gear Solid doesn't even. Well, pull up anything.
1: Metal Gear Solid, at the very least, is still owned by Konami. They still own that domain. They're just not doing anything with it. They're not even pointing it at their at their page for the series, which is under Konami.com. But Silent Hill man, I just I really try to be patient with this stuff. But this one, I, I just don't know how you can excuse it. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Masahiro Ito, who was the lead artist on Silent Hill for quite a long time and is very famously the person who designed Pyramid Head. Uh, He's on Twitter. Uh, He's you can find him under at ADSK and then the number four. And he's very open and communicative with with fans. Um, And recently he tweeted, I wish I hadn't designed effing pyramid head. Now, he he did not elaborate on this. uh, And said it was not because he was not getting royalties. I mean, uh, you know, that's kind of to be expected when you're working under contract you know if you're an employee for a company they hire you for creative work you know it's it's not really yeah you sign your work over to that
2: company yeah
1: exactly um so he he said he's not going to elaborate but that was not the reason and i don't want to i don't want to you know assume much because everyone's got their personal reasons for stuff and if i had to wager a guess though i mean maybe it's because pyramid head who was this very specific villain, uh, designed for a very specific story to work in a very specific way, has been turned into sort of like the mascot for Silent Hill, and has yeah. been cheapened to a ridiculous degree. Like maybe that's it, because um, he doesn't even. If you go and look at what Pyramid Head actually looked like in Silent Hill Two, and compare him to like every modern uh, take on on the character's design doesn't even look the same anymore. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. He's, he's got his reason, but whatever the case, he tweeted that. And apparently somebody owns silent com, and took a screenshot of that tweet. And if you go there, that's all there is on the page.
2: Yeah. And they do have the, the metal gear site, like under, under like the Konami domain, you know, they've got Konami.com slash M G. Yeah. That's that's where it looks like everything
1: like actually is right now. So, well, days had a really good point on this on Twitter. And um, I'll, I'll let I'll let her kind of jump in here. But it, just in terms of like business management. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured it's just something that you put on your operational backlog, right? Like, right. hey, you know, maybe you don't have to even maintain that, like, just. Redirect the domain to that.
2: <laughs> Can we get a redirect? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Like I've got domains that I've got registered. I've got maybe like four or five domains for, you know, just whatever project I've got in mind and I get emails and I never miss them. So what's your problem, Konami? <laughs> How did those lapse? Like, even if you're not going to use them, they shouldn't have left your control. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Uh, I I don't want to just get on here and complain about Konami all night. That's just not uh, my idea of a good time. Uh, and and I've said it elsewhere, but like, you know, I'm I'm waiting uh, for the Konami redemption arc, and uh, I will I will be leading the parade on that when it happens. Like I want to I want to see them uh, turn the ship around. I'm ready for it.
2: They did uh release that game uh Gassufumaden. They uh did send me a code for that. I played a little bit of that. It was, it's it's pretty fun. It's uh it's kinda of like Castlevania meets dead cells kinda like it's you know, where it's like roguelike and you can you kinda can like restart your run and get different weapons and different magic and stuff. So and it's got that cool uh like ukiyo-e art to it as well. So it it looks really cool. Um, you know, when you're doing stuff. But
1: now that was a that was a follow-up to an older konami game for the famicom wasn't it
2: yeah and that actually comes with it um but this is another instance of damn it i wish they tried a little bit harder because i loaded that up kind of excited to check it out you know i I definitely didn't play it back in the day um and the like like the launcher menu was in english but the rest of it was not oh no and so like the actual game you know is, is all in japanese and there are Fan translations, you know, because I've I've seen English versions of it out there before, um, right? Yeah, because I
1: was gonna say this this got uh several releases over the years. The old one did, if I remember right. Yeah, uh you know, I think it was on like the Wii Shopping Channel and and uh, a couple other platforms, but it was never localized. So, so this isn't really a localization, exactly. no. But I guess that that
2: inclusion of the NES game is more just a bonus thing that they threw in. You know, it's. I, the thing is if you do want to play it, it it's it is kind of almost like they're going like look man just go download the Raw in the fan translation <laughs> like if you really want to play it in english you
1: can't say that
2: but here that. but here it is in uh <laughs> in the japanese form if you want to just play through it kind of i mean which i've I played a couple levels of it, it was, all right
1: touching on on something we were talking about last uh episode uh that's that's how my wife uh ultimately ended up playing Mother Three because I mean, that's really the only way you can play it short of learning japanese
2: yeah yeah good old fan translation patches
0: i love that stuff like the kind of raw passion required to go and translate a game an and entire provide, game like, yeah yeah provide like the files for it and just like the and i don't think bravery is the right word but like commitment people are going to be so critical of you for for the choices that you have to make when translating a game People are going to be so critical of you and you're doing it for free.
1: Yeah. Well, this was something we talked about with uh, Jeremy Blaustein when we had him on was how uh, translation is not just a, a one-to-one process. You can't just take words in Japanese, can, you know, find their English equivalents and call it a day. Uh, there's cultural context that you have to take into consideration. There's there's art to it.
0: Yeah, my, my first real exposure to that was... Uh, with Jack Clefia and Unmetal, and, and he was telling me how all the jokes for the game were written in Spanish, and so you couldn't just translate the joke and it would work. And they, then they had to do this for every single language because that game was like put in multiple. I think it was like six languages, if I remember right.
1: It does seem like comedy uh, would be the hardest thing to translate, especially mm. if it relies on on yeah. puns or you know certain amounts of cultural awareness. That seems colloquialisms like colloquialisms as well. Right, right.
3: Changing ramen to
1: cheeseburgers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: And what 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 good came of that is like we had we had people from obviously Metal Gear Speedrunners is multiple different languages. There's so many different uh cultures involved in that. And we actually had a French guy, a French speedrunner, who during the event, I was speaking to Jack LaFear and he was like, oh, I noticed there's an actual incorrect translation here. They told him and then they got it changed. And that that was awesome to see, like, working live in front of me.
1: I mean, to touch on um, on Day's example, I mean, you know, Kojima games have a fairly famous example uh, in Snatcher with Neo Kobe Pizza. How you can go to a, to a market and buy, uh, you know, a meal to try out, and he buys one for 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 Metal Gear as well, which is, you know, I don't quite understand how that works, but but you know he just rolls with it, and I guess the idea is that they took a slice of pizza, or at least this is this is how it was translated. If I'm going I'm going from memory, but you like you take a slice of pizza and you dip it into a soup, and then it rises back up when it's done cooking, and. <laughs> It's the weirdest sounding thing ever. Um, but that was that at the time was done because the dish in the original game was something called Akashiaki, uh, which is uh, it's it, I guess it's like, um, you know, a f- sort of like a fried dumpling uh, with uh, like octopus or fish in it. And, you know, I guess that just doesn't carry over, but uh, it's it's just funny to to think about those kinds of changes Um, I was, I was actually talking again to Jeremy recently and, uh, the, the, the topic of a company that's sadly no longer with us, uh, working designs came up. You guys familiar with
2: shout out lunar silver star.
1: Yeah, exactly. Those guys. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny, you know, they had great scripts, but terrible localizations because they were essentially writing their own stuff at that point. Um, they were just going for it, you know, putting, putting whatever they wanted in. And, and I guess that's the challenge of localization again, not to, not to sort of, uh, repeat too much of what Jeremy's already said, but, you know, finding, you know, finding a way to, to communicate the, uh, the feeling, the essence of something, the mood, uh, without, changing it too much you know that's the challenge but those guys apparently just went overboard and just did whatever they want
2: and y'all playing
1: elden ring i've been banned from playing elden ring
0: people are once again finding out that from games are actually quite hard and quite challenging to uh and, and, and unforgiving I'd say unforgiving to new players there's no hand experience and we get this revelation every single time they bring out a new game yeah. uh, people tend to get swept up in the hype because Eld- Elden Ring was like the biggest release it has way more players than any of the other FromSoft games the Steam charts are like through the roof on that game um, and the reception from critics and fans is that it's extremely extremely good um, seeing nothing but positive things but again, we're getting that, oh, this game should have an easy mode. And then should have objective
3: From- markers. Yeah. You get the <laughs> FromSoft
0: people like, I would rather die than this game have an easy mode. And you know, I I, I don't play FromSoft games. I am pro easy mode in games. I, I I always have been. It's an accessibility issue to me. Um, more people being able to complete your game is better. But at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not FromSoft. And if they want to develop their game that way. That's up to them, right? And the sales should represent whether or not it's a good decision.
1: I would like to play Elden Ring, but it's going to be a while. Uh, I've had uh, multiple friends tell me that unless I play previous Souls-like games from that that have been made uh, by From Software, then I'm not allowed. Because, uh, and again, I'm not. I, I, this is this is a series I, I woefully know very little about so I'm gonna sort of paraphrase what I've been taught. But uh, the way it was explained to me is that from Demon's Souls onward, uh, the mechanics have been sort of built on top of each other or or in reaction to the mechanics of the previous game. So whatever the the the, the, the typical strategy or the meta of one game is, the next game will intentionally kind of subvert that and like, oh, you, you liked doing this? Well, now that's gonna hurt you in a, in a, in a sort of way. I Is get that... where
3: they're coming from, but I don't see how that necessitates mm. you required to like play the games in order. Yeah. Well, like if you want to play Elden not... Ring, just play Elden Ring.
1: Right? You know, I'm it's, it's all the same.
3: It. Sad old men trying to hold on to their lives and destroying the world <laughs> in the process.
1: It's you know these are just friends who want me to 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 get the full value out of it. I guess. I mean, I get what they're saying. It's. um
2: it's kind of like I can compare it to metal gear and like saying like starting with MGSV and then going back to like MGS one, it's like playing that, con- you know, with that control scheme, it's going to be kind of jarring, but like with every game you get kind of used to it and you get into a flow with that game. And I think kind of the worst thing to do would, would be like to fuck up your expectations on what you're going to think you're going to have to do with Elden Ring. But by the time you get to it, it's like <laughs> psych, you thought you could roll away? Like,
1: smack it's like they're not holding a gun to my head or anything you know it's yeah. i'm i'm working on no, that's
3: the caro <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm um i'm working on demon souls right now and i'm at flame lurker and he's kicking my ass pretty hard so oh the only uh, from
2: soft game that i've played like and done good at is fucking ninja blades so <laughs> like
0: yeah <laughs> it, it,
2: every every uh souls game has kicked my ass and i haven't sat down and like you know just put in the time to to really learn them but you know they they definitely make you do calculated moves and you you can kind of approach it in like a ton of different ways well
1: here's the ironic part i mean like i own every single one of these games except elden ring i just haven't beaten a one of them yeah Uh, my wife has she's excellent at them uh and every time i try and i get frustrated and i quit i mean she's the first person to look at me and say get good
0: I've had three separate people offer me money to stream Dark Souls. Like, oh, you haven't played Dark Souls? I'll pay you to be bad at it. Like, (laughs) I don't get the obsession with watching people struggle through that game. But for me, it's like, it's career suicide. I can't can't just stream myself being terrible at that game. Blindfolded win. Sekiro was done blindfolded, right? The whole game by Mitras at, um, at GDQ. We've already got people
2: uh, playing it and like beating bosses with their feet and
0: shit. So I don't know. Yeah, Dark Souls been done on the dance dance pad. So have definitely seen that. <laughs> I love that stuff. But Dark Souls feels like it lends itself to challenge runs really well. When I say Dark Souls, I mean from from Soft Games. Um, lend lend themselves challenge runs really well. You can do like you know where you where you don't like level up. You do it with no armor on. You do it with the worst weapon. There, there's so many different mm-hmm. avenues to explore with that game.
1: The new game plus systems, fishing controller run win.
0: <laughs> I miss my Dreamcast for a fishing controller.
2: I remember one time my buddy beat me in Tony Hawk Pro Skater using a fishing controller. I was so mad.
1: Oh, Jeez.
2: he was just that good at that game though. He was just like doing like rotations with the fucking reel and shit. I was like, bro,
1: <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like I don't know
2: how fair that really was. Actually, it's like the gimmick of who like is, it being a fishing controller. Who
0: is this legend
2: getting I don't on know. the show?
0: Eighth grade. <laughs> Shout out, Brad. That's sick. I think I think Daze is like the FromSoft expert out of what? this,
3: right? I'm the FromSoft lore expert. I don't know yeah. shit about how to get good at those games. Which, by the way, started in Metal Gear Online. A lot of people don't know that. But I think about it every time one of these games comes out. Is get good. That was that was GG for MGO. If you saw GG and MGO, it did not mean good game. It meant get fucking good.
1: It did, it did. Yeah, yeah. It's our community. We're the ones responsible. But hey, if 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 journalists want to blame the the Souls community for that, let them have it.
0: Yeah, he can take some of the flack. That's cool. We can share it. Yeah. Uh, I I actually didn't know that until until they tweeted it. Uh, actually, I think you told me about it pre- previous to making that tweet, but. Yeah, I was completely oblivious to that. It's a, it's a, a really cool fact. It's kind of sad that that's the way we treat each other in our oh, was... games, but yeah, I have,
3: I have played Metal Gear online and I have to say it is the most community. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very community, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, those those MGO2 days uh were were interesting. Uh some of the best times and the worst times. If um, you go
3: um, I was going to say, if you go back to the thread, my Twitter thread, apart from the what the fuck is MGO, which, by the way, you, can, you know, you can look at other responses and see the answer to that same question someone else posted. But aside from that, there were um, a lot of stories where people would be like, yeah, I go in and I'd use a cardboard box. They called me a cardboard box noob. So I switched to CQC and they started calling me a CQC noob. Yeah. And I went to the AR and now I, mean, I was called an AR noob. Like, oh, no. just yep.
1: stories like that. That sounds accurate. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't, you know, I don't know
0: if I can speak on this without without offending everyone, but I'm going to do it anyway. But Metal Gear very very much does have that mentality of I'm so fucking good at this game. Like, and it's no surprise that the multiplayer. Gg meant get good. There's no surprise to me whatsoever, and I bet if you speak to anyone about how they were at MGO back in the day, they were the absolute best
1: player at it. Oh, I sure wasn't. I was awful.
0: It
2: sucks that they didn't do GPG, get pretty
0: good.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: missed
0: opportunity there. If you if you were the best MGO player, by the way, let me know in the comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was some fun times though. I mean, yeah, if you got in with like the career players who just could headshot you in a microsecond, that was awful. But if you got in with just, like, a group of friends, that is like, one of the best times ever. Um, it's funny, though. Get Good isn't the only thing that MGO started. Um, in a way, it also sort of started the modern, uh, let's say, uh, variant of Battle Royale games, in a weird way. Uh, in, in Metal Gear Online 2, there was a mode called um, Stealth Deathmatch where you would have up to 16 players and there were no teams and everyone would have stealth camo equipped. No one could see each other, so it was a free for all, right? And uh, after a certain amount of time, there would be this barrier that would start to close in on the map towards a random center to force everybody in closer. And it was a it was a last man standing round. Yeah. And as far as I know, there are no other games that did that specific closing barriers type mechanic before MGO two did.
2: Mm-hmm. Until the whole battle royale genre just really kind of exploded. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: I I definitely can't think of another example that's earlier to that. Um, but when I uh, spoke with David Doke about Time Splitters two he was saying that he felt like battle royales took a lot of influence from from his game with um having like so many unlockable characters and customization options um and even even like the design of the maps and things like that he felt like they were doing that first
1: <clears throat> probably i mean battle royale there you can you can draw threads all the way back to um god like i think like the 2000s at the earliest, with with some early games that that had those sort of last man standing type setups in multiplayer. Uh, it just it just took a while for for people to kind of put all the pieces together and make what we kind of look at now as a battle royale game.
0: The, the no one anticipated the explosive growth of it, and there's there's two really good examples. Like Fortnite had no idea that they were going to get as many players as they did get and and kind of still get now, and um Call of Duty Warzone, when they developed the game, they only expected it to last for a year and they did Is not Is it. Still anticipate- going? Oh yeah, yeah. It seemed like they, they had to do like a whole they had to cut a game that they were making. Um they were I can't remember the game off the top of my head, but they were making another Call of Duty Battle Royale game and they had to cut it because Warzone was just still phenomenally popular. Jeez. And then then they had to go and design all new content for that. Um and it, like it's still it's still going now, and they just did not anticipate it at all.
1: So, what about stuff like PUBG? Is that still going strong, or is that sort of yeah, going yeah? On? It, it
0: it just went free to play recently, and it's right up there on the Steam charts. It's in the top five on Steam. Man, um, that's and just... it spent it spent plenty of time at number one as well. Like, so... yeah, PUBG is still absolutely massive. Yeah,
2: Apex Legends even just restarted. Like they they're adding like new characters and new islands and new modes and shit. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's definitely a popular genre. I think another one too that a lot of people are playing is
0: uh Escape from Tarkov. Um yeah. It's absolutely huge. I remember getting a taxi drive, a taxi home once and my taxi driver was uh, a Polish guy and he was like this this was when Escape from Tarkov was like pre-alpha and you had to spend like 100 quid or something to get to be able to get access to the game. Yeah. And he was like in love with it and he was just going on and on about it for the entire taxi ride. Um, as soon as I got in, he's like, "Oh, are you are you a gamer?" Because he wanted to talk about Escape from Tarkov so much. <laughs> Just say no. Just say no. <laughs> yeah. No, oh I, Lord,
3: l- hide your power level.
0: Yeah. Lessons learned. I, I've never played Escape from Tarkov, but I do flick between all the other battle royales. I've been playing Fortnite with Shane for like the last four days or something.
1: <laughs> hey, my uh, my my youngest <laughs> plays that with his friends pretty religiously. Speaking, they're too of-
0: good. They're too good at it. Sorry, days.
3: I was just gonna say, speaking of Fortnite, can can you please f- explain why the fuck Epic bought Bandcamp?
0: Oh god! A, oh man!
2: Man, it's what? such a new thing that I don't even have an opinion on it. Really, it's like I don't understand that at all, I, dude. I think it's just a buyout where it's like they were struggling financially and uh, just don't, you know, they they weren't making any money. They give the artists all the fucking money. Like they we get like a eighty five percent on all sides. right. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, you got Camp's stuff
1: great. on Bandcamp.
2: Yeah, Bandcamp is fucking great. It's just. I'm like, going to uh, hear Fingers music want... in Fortnite now. Yeah, and like the thing that sucks is like the website is bullshit. When you go to Bandcamp, you can listen to one. Uh...
3: I just like download and export anything I buy
1: off Bandcamp.
2: Yeah, it is made more for downloading and like buying, not so much yeah. like a streaming
1: platform. So... I wonder what. I mean, it's got to have something to do with their gaming model unless they see it as a potential. They're going to change something. If Bandcamp is not making money, and they're buying it, then they see some value in it that that isn't there. They bought Harmonix. Oh shit!
3: I was I was tweeting about this. I was tweeting about this earlier. I was like, "What the fuck? Harmonix and Bandcamp are in the same." So
0: all all your favorite like uh, musicians, like all your favorite non-commercial musicians, can have dances in Fortnite. Like I, oh, th- that's gonna happen surely. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of like licensed music in Fortnite.
1: Um, like you can listen to like, some... guys. Is Snake gonna show up in Fortnite? I hope so. Oh, I really want like, that if, to happen.
3: I, the war in my in my eyes, if Pyramid Head and James Sunderland can exist in DVD, there's a place in Fortnite for Big Boss. Oh no.
0: I want, yeah, I want, I want. I think Snake would be an awesome Fortnite character. Don't
1: make me play Fortnite.
3: Snake, please. big <laughs> boss, Spider Man swinging across yeah. the fucking island.
2: Yeah. If w- we get the Metal Gear movie, that's going to be when we get the crossover of Metal Gear and Fortnite. Because that's that's probably what they're just going to take advantage of the marketing for
1: it. I can't fathom why Konami didn't make a metal gear battle royale game because it seems so obvious it's perfect for it
2: yeah i thought about that a lot yeah it'd be so great to just drop down and have to find your own equipment then you have all these weapons and access to you know you just have to kind of scrounge around and yeah like
1: yeah you've got this
3: huge map already if survive came out like two years later if people didn't
1: hate it dlc why didn't
0: survive just have a battle royale mode
1: (laughs) (laughs) god i would have played the hell out of that
0: same i'd probably still be playing it now
2: Yeah, it sucks that MGO3 is just, like, shit to bed, too. Like, that just wasn't, like, the right framework for any type of Fox Engine multiplayer, really.
1: It, you know, I still think mechanically it was fine, but it just, it needed more stuff. You know? Yeah. It just, it never got a chance to flourish.
2: It always seemed kind of laggy, like there was something going on with, like, the netcode or something where it just
0: wasn't, like, fully lining up.
1: Oh yeah, but that's just part of the Metal Gear Online experience.
0: Yeah, as I was about to say I've always felt that way. Looking at like any Metal Gear Online stuff, I, you know, I I think two runs really badly, and you know, a lot... <laughs> it's hard for me to say. I've never I've never sat down and played it right, but I've watched a lot of of other people playing it, and it just seems very like like Finger said, like the net code's just not quite right.
1: Yeah. it's not. Um, and and I wonder how much of that is part of the. I wonder how much of that is due to just the game kind of struggling to keep up with PS3 or the other way around PS3 trying to.
0: I think it's that for sure Yeah, I think it's 100% related to it being MGS4 and on the PS3
1: I will tell you this uh, playing it emulated uh, is kind of amazing it's very strange to play MGS4 and MGO2 emulated just seeing how well those can run when they're not held back by hardware that can't handle it uh it's it's kind of amazing i mean M- M- mgo2 was already sort of scaled back uh to run better you know and and mm-hmm. mgs4 just you know i mean there's parts of the game that that dropped to 16 frames a second but you put those on pc and you've got the the good hardware or you know you've got appropriate hardware for it it's phenomenal MGO two especially because it did it wasn't as demanding as the full game. I mean my my PC is pretty meager, uh relatively speaking, but you know, I can play MGO two emulated just fine. It's crazy.
2: You think you could run it on the uh
1: on the Steam Deck? Uh man, um I actually do not know a whole lot about the Steam Deck. I'm not even sure like what OS that thing is running. Is it just got like windows games or you can
3: play 14 that's all that matters (laughs) that is pretty
1: cool
0: it was it was crazy to see gabe Noel ripping on world of warcraft and saying that he's playing final fantasy 14 i was like holy shit he's just like me gabe's always been (laughs) legit though
3: he uh his son he got into it after his son was raging over pentamilding so, which is is it's it's a very expensive process to to upgrade your gear in Final Fantasy. So the fact that he knew that and the fact that he understood his son, he he went into the game to better understand his son's rage and why his
1: son wasn't winning. Man, uh, and I respect that. What a cool guy. I mean, okay, uh, radical idea, Gabe. It, it's kind of a meme that he always tells people what his email address is, and you know he's constantly getting ridiculous amount of email i'm sure he he's gonna see like one percent of what he gets but he does read it he says right
0: no, no i i've had a reply off him i had a reply off him years ago
1: did you really
0: yeah yeah and i've had it replies off multiple people
1: at, at valve oh man um radical idea uh maybe we could ask him to you know poke konami a little bit <laughs>
0: Is that where we're at? We're emailing Gabe Newell to fix Metal Gear.
1: I think we might be cuz I'm getting desperate. I don't Holy know about God. you guys.
0: <laughs> I thought I thought we were at least a year I off do, this.
1: I don't want to I don't want to spam poor Gabe. I'm sure he's got enough on his plate, but if we get if we got an email campaign going, you know, Gabe, if there if there's anybody out there who could, you know, who's got enough muscle to to get Konami to start doing something, you know, get get Metal Gear on Steam, please. I mean that would be, I'll buy a Steam Deck tomorrow. You get Metal Gear on that. Steam Deck's Linux based. Let's look that up
3: really quick. Oh, yeah. okay. Konami said, "Fuck no, you're getting another skateboard."
1: <laughs> oh my god, they didn't even make Metal Gear skateboards, and Metal Gear's the game with the skateboard, a skateboard game in it. Game, it's right there. What are you doing? <sighs> I think Ugh. part
3: of the reason why we are so upset about this is because I feel like it's human nature to hate. It's human nature to to react worse to apathy than to hatred, because at least with hatred, resentment, you get something out of it. Like you get a reaction with like this shit. It's just like
1: you're not even putting their like they're not even putting a foot forward. They don't give a fuck. Right. I mean, what's what's the old statement? Like the opposite of 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 hate isn't love. It's apathy. apathy. Man, because, yeah. Yeah,
2: no love for Metal Gear. It sucks. Kojima's got some love for Metal Gear lately. He's been oh uh, yeah, he's been tweeting the fuck out <laughs> a lot about MGSV and, and even PTs brought oh, up no. recently.
1: Are people drawing conspiracy threads to it?
2: Uh, I no, mean, nah, he was just saying, he was kind of like reminiscing on the whole like Moby Dick Studios thing. And then uh, he said he was a little more careful with uh, his PT trickery. But... Uh,
3: careful, but, uh, but not fully away from it.
2: Yeah. He says, "Uh, I used to do something like this a lot. Like <laughs> He's just like That's... fully aware. He's like, yeah, I ruse. What's up?
1: Okay, so I wonder then, did that get him in trouble?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is pretty much him openly. I've, I've got it uh, here in live chat, but this is pretty much him just openly saying like, yeah, I was fucking around. I knew what's up.
1: And that's fun. I mean, yeah, with with PT, it was a lot more low key than than MGSV and Moby Dick Studios was.
2: Yeah, Moby Dick Um, was pretty like bombastic with. Yeah, it's like, here's this new studio with a new high profile game. We're going to show it at. God, what was that first shown at?
3: I think the game awards.
2: Yeah, TGA. Yeah.
1: But again, people figured it out in like 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's that's part of the reason that I've never really bought into like the, the, the ruse cruise mentality is because the stuff that he has done that you can, you know, absolutely prove has always been solved very, very quickly. Yeah. And, and to think that he's doing some sort of Dan Brown, Da Vinci code sort of stuff. It's just like, like, yeah, he's playing games with you. Occasionally he's being coy, but, but you're not gonna like, you're not going to crack some deeper meaning here. You know, he's he's selling video games, people. But that's nice to see him talking about it again. There was a while there uh, that he just would not say a thing about Metal Gear. So it's nice to see that he's sort of opening back up now. And he's been talking about it more. And
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I've been taking from it at the most. Like, I don't want to get yeah, any ideas, especially after everything that we've dealt with with these rumors before. But at the very least, we can appreciate that, you know, he's taking something he created from a hard moment or a hard place, and now he's able to appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, time heals all wounds. I do wonder if he would ever work with Konami again. I mean, I suspect he would. He is a, a, a consummate professional.
3: He'll help him design a skateboard.
2: It almost seemed like there was, like, NDAs in place, where, like, he almost had, like, a gag order and couldn't talk about it for a while. Because, yeah, he absolutely did not mention it for a long time and then
1: he might have had a non-compete clause for a while. Yeah. That might explain yeah. why it took so long to get his studio off the ground. You know, it was, what was it? It was about a year or so after he left Konami that he made his announcement, and part of that is probably just, you know, he needs the time to set it up, but yeah. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of companies like that will sign you to a no-compete clause for at least a year uh after you leave. So I
0: I feel like Konami would struggle to prove that he's competing with anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean I'm sorry. that's
0: that's like kind of harsh but at the same time like they're not competing in the same space video game wise that they're, they're just not
1: we you know and we could say that you know we could say otherwise if konami was still making games like they used to but they're not
0: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely we could and no and no compete clause would make sense even um but it just it just doesn't
1: Well, it's it's more just like we don't know what you might do and we just want to cover our butts. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, God, I can't remember what it was. And I don't know if they even still have this in place. But uh, a while back, I was reading about Amazon and their game development studio and how uh, they had some sort of a a rule in their in their uh, job contracts that prevented you from working on anything on your own. And anything you did work on outside of company time was their intellectual property. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. I looked at that. I was like, dude, I would never work for those people.
0: Usually, I don't know how it is for Amazon, but a lot of companies have rules like this. And if you work on something, you can then buy the rights to it from the company and they'll sell it to you quite, quite, quite cheaply.
1: They shouldn't have that um, right in the first place, though.
0: It's, it's more towards like if you do it on their grounds with their computers.
1: Oh, Um, okay. So, for like
0: Wolfenstein was created on other people's computers, which they stole at one point using thermite (laughs) to break into the offices. (laughs) That that really happened. Look that up. (laughs) That's kind of amazing. So technically, you know, they should. I think it is Apple, right? Apple computers were stolen by uh, John Carmack and John Romero. Um, and so Apple technically would own Wolfenstein, right? Because they did it with their kit. But I, it's not the way it went down. But that 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 sort of thing—if you use their their kit, their offices—which happens all the time, right? If you work somewhere and you have like two, you know, two hours, you're in the office, you could work on your own project. Yeah. Um. But under like law and contracts and things like that, the company owns that intellectual property. I'm sure with Amazon, it's much more sinister, but.
3: It's kind of funny now that you mention Amazon. Like I don't hear anybody talking about that game anymore. I just hear Lost Ark. I don't know what it's called. Lost World.
0: New New World.
3: New World.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: New, new New World is a classic example of like companies always want to get. The, they're always like, "Oh, get the game out and we'll fix it later." You can't do that with MMOs. You get one shot with an MMO. Player base comes in. They look around. See what's there. And if anything's wrong, they leave and they never come back.
3: They just go back to the character that's in a better quality game that they have more stuff invested in.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, your story, though, about uh, John Carmack and, and those things reminded me of another famous one that had to do with Apple. It was uh, it had to do with, with the graphing calculator that was included with a lot of the early Apple uh, computers. I actually don't remember if it's still included or not. I haven't checked, but uh, it was a pretty popular app for... for or, you know, just anybody doing math stuff because it had all these cool visualizations and stuff. Um, but these two guys, uh, Ron Avitzer and Greg Robbins, were, uh, I think, like ex Apple employees. they have been working on this project, were trying to get it done. And for some reason or another, they got let go. I'm, I'm, I'm going from memory here, so uh, I might get some details wrong, but they were so committed to this project. And Apple at the time was so lax about things and and, and they were they were growing faster than they can sort of keep up with their growth. So they had all these like holes in their security and all these blind spots to projects being done. And these two guys were like, well, we really want to finish this project because we really like Apple and, you know, sucks. We got laid off, but we want to make the best thing we can. So how about we just keep working on it? And so they just like kept their badges and kept coming to work, even though they weren't getting paid. And they were able to, like, get a, a, a like a part of the building and their own hardware to keep developing it. And then I think like over a year or so, uh, they were just living off of savings and developing this thing completely free and and not on the payroll. Uh, and and like they were even going out and being like, hey, can we get some members from X team to come and help us with this project? And <laughs> And managers were like, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, he's he's documented the whole story online Just look up like Apple graphing calculator story And you'll find it But it ended up getting finished And it was amazing and everybody loves it And, and it was included for like years uh, And as far as I know like Nobody ever figured it out until they were like Yeah we did that
0: <laughs> It's just kind of incredible That's actually fucking awesome That's actually so awesome I would never uh, go to work for free
1: Oh yeah I mean, maybe if it was, like, my stuff, but, like, at that point, you're not... It's not. Is that really free? I don't
3: Now you got me thinking about that drug dealer game on my graphing calculator. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, what? God, did everybody
3: it, have that? Of course. I mean, if you, like, had a childhood, you had that. I'm just yeah, kidding. I uh, what are you
0: talking about?
2: There oh.
3: was, uh, yeah. on... <laughs> Like, An
0: old, like,
2: MS-DOS-level fucking game, pretty yeah. much. Days, yeah, take it away.
3: In America, you know, for our high-level math courses, you're, like, required to have this tech... It's this company, Texas Instrument, TI-84. It's a graphing calculator. And one... You were, allowed, you were able to program sort of functionality in there. It was mostly supposed to be used for functions and graphs and shit. But games were made. And one game in particular was, like, a drug-dealing simulator... Whereas, like, sort of like a lemonade stand s game, except that you were dealing drugs, and instead of quitting, you had the option to kill
1: yourself. <laughs>
0: I forgot about that. I I I have to play this.
2: Like, I've no i've never heard of that it was pretty much just like buying and selling at different rates and being
0: like oh yeah. this
2: is this much here and then like you drive to different places and like this is how much it goes for here and you gotta like decide whether to buy or sell certain things oh
0: stick rpg has a function like that
1: drug wars that's what it called it was called- yeah if i remember right you couldn't it wasn't like you could just you know hook your calculator up to your computer and get it that way although i bet you could but most people got it from other people who already had it, because you could transfer stuff from one TI 84 to another, right? Like I got it from some from somebody else. Oh yeah, yeah,
3: I had the little link cable.
1: Yeah, it's like trading it Pokemon. Like trading
3: Pokemon, yeah.
1: God, that's all I use that thing for. I sucked at geometry. No,
0: but I remember a flash game stick RPG. It had like a basically that, and I wonder if it's like a homage to that. Even it had like a, a drug dealing system that was just like that. I'm curious now. I'm going to definitely look into that after today's episode.
3: I'm pretty sure you can find an emulation of it pretty easy, like a web browser-based emulation of yeah, it. Yeah,
2: probably on Newgrounds.
0: Well, I don't know. Is my computer good enough to emulate a T84 I calculator? Oh do
1: man. <laughs> RTX enabled.
0: Were they, were they solar-powered, or did they have battery?
1: <laughs> no, these were like major, like crazy big calculator. It was the only way you could get anything close to a game system into class and get away with it.
3: It was so, such extortion too. I'm sorry. Like Oh no, it, it absolutely was. Them shit's cost like they've been they've cost the same price since I was in school and that's because it's the same standard.
2: it made you get that like as
1: soon as you hit algebra. It was like required to have that calculator. Mm-hmm. It was bullshit. And you couldn't get the alternatives. You had to get that one the class required it. Even if it had all the same functions, you had to get a that racket. one. It was
0: That does sound like a racket. No wonder you had drug wars as the video game on there. Um, like, did you guys not take your Nokia N gauges into school? <laughs>
3: uh,
1: you get your ass whooped Damn, if you, you had said, an N gauge. You said that so straight that I almost <laughs> took it seriously.
0: Uh, my friend Connor actually got a Nokia N gauge. I remember the day he got it and brought it in school. That is, that is a horrendous gaming device.
3: Did he get his ass beat? F-
0: no, 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 it was probably the most technical thing in the school at the time there was there wasn't many gamers like uh, at my at my high school
1: i had uh I never brought it to school, but I had a gamecom I had a game a
3: com. we've had this conversation, yeah,
1: we did The only thing I ever brought to school game wise uh was my game boy advance s p because it was so small I could just tuck it away. Those things were awesome,
0: yeah, still awesome now I've got a few of them.
3: I'll never forget the summer and high or the winter break in high school when Like it was like the year or the year the second year my school at my high school it's like small rural high school implemented Wi Fi, Um, and then everybody that winter got like PSPs and DSs and shit, and like everybody came back and like I don't know I don't know how familiar like I don't know how familiar folks are with how like IP leasing works. But there were so many devices that the school network ran out of IP leases. Oh my God. And like school (laughs) machines couldn't get on the network while we're like watching, like going on the internet on our PSPs and shit. So did they start like blacklisting
1: MAC addresses or like how'd they handle it?
3: (sighs) They just added a Wi Fi code and the people, the kids who worked in the IT found that out and passed it around. So start selling
2: it. We were the first generation of kids that had uh, iBooks given to us. It was like this like experimental thing where they were kind of just giving everyone an iBook. And uh, they all had a, you know, a network at the school for everybody to kind of like upload and download homework for. But that basically just turned into like a hosting server for ROMs and, and ISOs and shit.
1: Wait, yep. Okay, wait like like an Apple iBook or is that something else? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, like it was like a the cheap iBooks, like, you know, not 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 anything crazy, but
1: shit, man. What school yeah. did you go
2: to? It was in Richmond. Um, you know, there's like the entire county pretty much all got it.
1: I never and, got uh, anything in class. Yeah, that's that's It'd like all we did
2: was just play like PS one ROMs and shit <laughs> and just hang out and play Resident Evil two in history class.
1: That sounds amazing. I mean I did have a laptop that I would bring to school, uh and use it lunch and study hall. And yeah, I'd pretty much just spend the whole time playing RPG Maker.
2: It was just cool using the school server to distribute ROMs. <laughs> just like, all right, guys, it's in this folder. <laughs> and then everybody would just download the whole folder and play fucking Super
1: Mario All-Stars. It made me so mad. You want to hear a funny story about schools and and computer ineptitude. Uh, one year in computer lab, I realized that there was a... Uh, a keylogger installed on one of the systems there and now and i i cuz i found the log and i was looking at it and i was like oh shit i can see the password for the admin system and this can get you into the grades system and everything right and so i reported it and I got in trouble. I got suspended because they thought I was the one that put it there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Son of a
1: bitch. I'm like, are you kidding me? I literally, I found this. I told you about it. I'm showing you, like, uh, you know, aptitude with computers. You should be encouraging me right now. Aren't you the teachers? Don't you want me to do better? Everybody
3: has that story in school where they tried to think outside of the box, and then that shit got shut down, and then you realize that school is fucking awful sometimes
1: no we're kind of we're talking about personal lives on this episode (laughs) a lot (laughs) but that's okay that's okay there's not a whole lot going on right now we're sort of in between
2: everybody's playing Elden ring and some people are playing horizon forbidden west i played it for like an hour and got really bored and just stopped but yeah uh, that story and dialogue is just not Um, that good no i mean that's it's It's a cool game because of the enemy design, but when they just sit there and talk and talk, I think Rocco was saying it on the Mega 64 podcast. It's just like, I'm not here for this. Just whatever. Just on with it and skip, 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 Mm. skip. You know, it's like one of those games where you just really don't care what's actually going on. But the gameplay is fine. So it's, you know. Rocco seems like he'd be a fun guy to talk to. Yeah, he does.
0: I really need to play that game because at speedrun marathons, they always put MGS3 either before or after the horizon games so there must mm-hmm. be something there like i, I need to play those the gameplay
2: games. is fun like when you get in an engagement with each enemy like you can't just hit it with your spear like you actually you have to sit there and kind of you know approach them and hit their weak points and stuff it's it's you know it's a fun gameplay loop but i just i didn't care enough about the story to like keep going through it
3: i always feel bad because it seems like <laughs> horizon always like it comes out a week is the precipice before like some crazy game that comes out a week later (laughs) right and and granted i don't think elden ring is going to get as big as like breath of the wild but you know fucking horizon disappeared after uh elden ring came out at least on my socials
1: it did yeah it's a gorgeous game though i mean
2: it's very pretty yeah Uh, it just it it got wiped out that's that's the thing with games man if it's, it's like they just it like the social thing for the week, and then they just disappear these days. It's like, oh, there goes that one.
0: I, I don't know if they do it on purpose to piss me off, but like the marketing is always, wow, finally women can see themselves in a video game. <laughs> it's like, have you just never played any? Like, not that not that that more is is bad or anything, but I just hate. They're it saying when this it's is like, the first time. That yeah, there's ever it's been the first yeah. one.
2: <laughs> and it's just, all right, not just the case at the at all. boss. They're like, hello, yeah.
3: It, it
0: is you, hilarious when people out themselves and never seen a woman before when they're like oh my god what is this what did you, did you see that stuff with uh with like the hairs on her face uh, her peach fuzz yeah oh
2: that is bro, you've never been next to a girl holy shit i know
1: that was my thought too like like jeez tell us you've never had a girlfriend without telling us you've never had a girlfriend
0: that that that, that was my favorite one
1: babies have that dude every that is a human <laughs> characteristic you've just never been that close to a human being before oh my god uh on that note though of like horizon sort of dropping off i mean how much did that game cost do you have not does i i actually don't know do do any of you know how much like what the budget for that was they had From to pay for looking.
3: lance reddick so
1: it I mean, are like, are they still using the Decima engine, for example? Like like engine development is always a big upfront cost when making a new game if you're not using a pre existing engine. So I'm seeing the budget
2: says one hundred and ten million euros. Oh, so. my gosh.
1: So a lot. OK, so here's the problem with that. Like, I wonder if they're going to make that money back when it leaves that sort of cultural consciousness behind, you know, yeah, where everybody's talking about it for that period of time. But then if it just sort of drops off, um, Sean Layden. Who was uh, CEO of of Sony or of PlayStation? I can't remember exactly his exact, exact job, uh, job title, but he was basically in charge of PlayStation until Jim Ryan took over. And I mean, I always liked Sean Layden a lot. That guy's legit. He he made a lot of sense. He made a lot of good business decisions. Uh, he actually played games and and liked a lot of weird cl- like classic stuff. I mean, I was really sad when he left. Um, And he gave an interview recently where he was sort of talking about this phenomenon of game budgets exploding, you know, especially as as like PS5 and and Xbox Series S sort of came into the picture because they were already big. And every time the generation changes, they just get bigger. Right. And you look at a game like Horizon or Gran Turismo 7 or any of these big budget titles uh, and how much money is being poured into them. How big of a risk is it for the studio? Yeah. Um, you know, if it doesn't do well, how much are they losing? And and to be fair, there is an element of this game is being made to sell the system, not so much to make profit on its own. So, mm-hmm. like, you can make that argument. But, yeah, look up this interview he did recently about where he sees the industry going and how he thinks that, like, this idea of sort of just pumping tons of money into these big budget games to to compete in these hyper realistic super triple A. Sort of spaces is just killing creativity, um oh yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, it's also
2: just not profitable, I mean you've just got yeah. a lot of people just switching to the the games as a service, you know
1: yeah and and you know I think model. there's two ways you can make money in games, and i mean I, you know of course, I'm no expert, but um if triple a games are are such a big gamble, you know i I've seen two ways that people can make games and and all game development is a gamble any any entrepreneurial endeavor is a gamble ultimately, but it seems that companies are going one of two directions. Either they're doing like the cheap mobile sort of games as a service type thing, where it's, it's as heavily monetized as possible, right? Or they're or they're looking for ways to make uh, less expensive, more creative games that stand out more. You know, spend like invest more in the creativity than in the graphical fidelity, right? Yeah and 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 his argument in the in the article to to kind of paraphrase is that we should be going towards that model more where people get more creative and they and you know drop the budgets down get more creative instead of trying to do all these insanely expensive things uh and you know i mean it'll be interesting to see if horizon gets a third game if it doesn't i think we know why right
2: yeah, I mean th- this game it really didn't leave any big impression on me. The-, the first one did. You know, the first one I was definitely like, yeah, I, I enjoyed that game, but this second one I was kind of like, all right, what are we doing here? there's not too much different going on here. It was kind of just more of the same. And uh I think when you compare that to a game like Elden
1: Ring, you're just going to more people are going to lean
2: towards Yeah.
1: More. I mean, Elden Ring is not it's not a game that shoots for high graphical fidelity. You know, it's a pretty game. It's got a lot going on for it visually. But they're not dumping these enormous, you know, uh uh art budgets into it like all these other Triple A devs are. You know, that's not their goal.
2: It's like it's crushing the launch sales of like the other Souls games so, though. Like this game's selling like crazy. Yeah. Like, so
1: what I mean, these guys need to get the message, you know? Yeah. <laughs> gamers don't necessarily need peach fuzz to
2: have a good time we just kind of yeah a, uh let's shake up here in a it is impressive boring though. story yeah i mean i, I yeah, look at it, that it's kind of like you said it's like it's technically impressive but uh at the end of the day i'm just not having a great time with it and it's just kind of more of the same old
1: yeah i mean i'm gonna try it i mean okay caveat to what i've said uh <laughs> you better believe i pre-ordered gran turismo Seven yeah (laughs) but which is which is like very much a triple a hyper fidelity game um i don't know i feel like that's a little different though uh grand turismo has always been sort of like driving as an art in a lot of ways or cars as an art
0: i i loved those games when i when i was younger i loved like 3a spec um i'm thinking of getting the new one but why is it with the Metal Gear fans all, all like playing Gran Turismo? Like D-, D Limes is talking about dedicating an entire day of his stream to it now. <laughs> oh, seriously? Like he, he, yeah, he loves Gran Turismo. Maybe
2: it's just like a PlayStation fan like crossover thing with like a lot of oh, Metal yeah. Gear people Great. having that yeah. and Gran Turismo too on their PlayStation. It's like, all right. No, I now that I'm thinking about it.
1: it, I've seen that too, actually. Huh. I, I like the look of
0: the military vehicles in, in Gran Turismo.
1: Okay, so question for people. Uh, If you're if you're on Twitter or if you're listening on YouTube or just wherever, uh, you know, write a comment, shoot us a line. If you are a Gran Turismo fan and a Metal Gear fan, which if you're listening to this, you probably are. uh, (laughs) What's the like, what is responsible for the crossover there? What what sort of draws you to these two? Do you think there's a relationship there? Be interested to hear because I really don't know.
3: Now I'm just picturing some dude that's like, yeah, I don't actually like Metal Gear. I just really like hearing Nitroid's voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I'm sick, so I got the sexy voice.
3: Oh, he's good. Like, whoever it is, they're going to be, like, really happy with this week's episode.
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs>
3: uh, Did we mention the art? Like, I feel like an asshole if we haven't.
2: Oh man, yeah, we have not talked about it yet. I was definitely gonna bring it up. I was gonna
0: do a segue into it, but someone cut me off. I was like, when you were all like, "Oh, we've been getting really personal," I was gonna be like, "Oh, speaking of personal, it was really nice of uh fingers to get some really cool art made of us." I feel like people have been taking me more seriously on Twitter since I changed my profile picture <laughs> to that.
3: Like, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, we all got this badass art made by uh Century Wizard. He's uh he's been he's been pretty much i don't want to say emulating like in a derogatory way but he's pretty much got this yoji shinkawa style down but it, you know he's, he does his own thing with it
0: um, it's an homage right it's like i yeah. love this artist so much that i want to draw in that style yeah
2: like i say it in the most complimentary way like he's got it down where he can draw like any uh pretty much any franchise in, in that same style and, and nails
1: it uh, he made me look way cooler than i actually am <laughs>
2: yeah what did you say days it looked like we were about to like uh oh
1: i don't know we're about to (laughs) to, like
3: deliberate delegate some shit yeah (laughs) pretty cool
1: about to redefine the global stage we're looking like the patriots
2: yeah for real yeah definitely shout out to century wizard for all the new art on the kojima frequency uh we got that on our on our twitter and we have a, a little bit more to share too that we'll uh we'll be sharing here soon so
1: yeah i might uh God, I kind of want to use that as the thumbnail now, but now we're we're torn between the the earlier one and this. Now we already committed to the other <laughs> one. We can't. Um, but yeah, new it's, set uh, of
2: Patriots revealed. New
1: center, <laughs> right? MG has six villains revealed. Oh my god! <laughs> it looks like Chicago art. It's got to be real, bro. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll include a link to it uh, on YouTube or wherever yeah he's Um, on
2: uh twitter and instagram at uh century underscore wizard
1: but by the way uh because i know we're getting kind of close to the end here uh i'm gonna be that guy for a second and say that um we really want to find ways to grow the show we've been talking a lot about different uh approaches for doing that that won't just be you know making all our thumbnails clickbait and, and sort of going that route but uh simple things like if you listen on on apple podcasts if you listen on spotify if you listen on youtube um i know everybody hates hearing this but but you know leaving a review subscribing liking all that stuff it it tells these algorithms that people are interested in what we're doing so if you like what we're doing you want us to do it more
2: cqc that like
1: button oh my god is that gonna
2: do the three punch combo (laughs) punch (laughs) punch kick on that like button
3: Oh, no. And then then YouTube will call you a CQC noob
1: if if the NGO is an indication. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's going to be our thing now, isn't it? CQC (laughs) that like button, bros. God.